Cast out devils and lay hands on the sick. If you are not obeying him, you better act quick. He is coming back and we will all give a report. So obey Jesus so you don't come up short. All right, everybody, welcome back to Speak My Word. It's been about 11 days. And the reason, one reason that we didn't do a program last week speak my word is because I could hardly speak and breathe at the same time my nose was just completely clogged up and I would blow my nose and mucus would come out and I would think oh I got it all get stopped up again blow it again and I don't know where all the mucus was stored I mean it was coming out like string cheese Um, it was terrible and uh, I'd grab a strand and just pull it like a noodle. And then it would, I'd let go and it'd slip back in. I'd have to go grab it again. And pull it, pull it, pull it. And where's this stuff coming from? And I called my mom on WhatsApp. And uh, I took and blew my nose. And I had a big string of snot just dangling out. And I was screaming on the phone. And she thought, <laughs> I was just trying to gross her out like I'm probably grossing you out right now. But, praise God, I got it out. And I literally, I think, used up about every tissue in the house. I mean, it was bad. I was scrambling for tissue. And thank God I had an emergency supply. Not like my, not like my thousand rolls of toilet paper that I used to have in Gainesville, Georgia. That's no joke. I had at least a thousand rolls. I figured during the apocalypse, I'm going to be prepared. But... Again, uh, I don't know where that mucus um, was stored at, but I mean, I guess your sinus cavities are just go way back in your head, and uh, it was terrible. I didn't learn a trick, though. If you ever have stopped up sinuses, one of the best ways to clear them is just get in the shower and let that st- you know let that uh, water vapor doesn't have to be hot now because we don't have hot water here. By the way, we uh, we had a tank a hot water tank and it lasted a couple of years but uh, one day it just burnt it, it shorted out and we started to get shocked when we were in the shower and so uh, I disconnected it we just never went back to it and uh, I found out that uh, most Indonesians don't have hot water heaters here what you have is a water tank sitting on the top of your roof like a stainless steel uh, tank and um your water goes, it's pumped up from the ground by a pump, fed up, fills up that tank, and then when you turn on the valve in your house, water comes out of the tank, and as it runs low, it triggers the uh, pump to pump more up there, but uh, the reason, I guess, it's put up on the roof, uh, in addition to being able to uh, have gravity-fed water, if you lose your power, you still got whatever is water in that tank before you run out. 
uh, but it's in the direct sunlight. So actually, the sunlight, you know, towards noon really is hitting that thing, and it just heats it up. So if you take a shower midday, you got warm water. But if you take one of the crack of dawn, it's going to be cold, ice cold. And then it'll stay warm, you know. I took a shower uh, later this afternoon. It was still warm. And uh, and then it gets it gets cold again. So really, that's pretty ingenious. And you'll find that kind of contraption in most of the countries here, uh, from Latin America over to Asia, etc. Okay, but at any rate, I was taking a shower, and it wasn't warm. It was... Uh, you know, it was kind of between lukewarm and cold, and just got my nose under the water, and bam, it opened up the sinuses, and you just blow your nose, it comes out, and praise God, you can breathe again. So I couldn't speak hardly last week, and um, it was horrible. But praise God, I can breathe, and uh, it's almost gone, I believe, and uh, we all had issues here. There we are. Okay. I decided to get a little graphic before I get into the Word. Uh, I don't think it's probably a good idea to mix the Word with some graphic testimony like that. But, hey, just being transparent. You cannot say Mega Man was not transparent. Yep. Okay. So, praise the Lord. It is good to be back with you tonight. I'm glad to be here and be able to get into the Word. And that's what we're going to do. We're going to pick up. I had to see where we left off. We're going to be over in Genesis chapter 25 and uh, uh, in the last program we did Abraham has uh, had a child with his wife Sarah who became uh, excuse me Sarai who became Sarah and uh, she has passed away Isaac his son grows up and Abraham seeks a wife for Isaac and sends his servant out back to his uh, people and Abraham's people and and God smiles on Abraham and Isaac and Isaac is able to find a a beautiful wife Rebecca and he brings her back uh, this is where we left off it says and Isaac brought her into his mother's Sarah's tent and took Rebecca and she became his wife and he loved her and Isaac was comforted after his mother's death. That's what we're going to pick up. And Isaac, excuse me, Isaac now is married and Abraham is over 100 years old now. Well stricken in days, but it's not his last day. There's more he's going to do. We're going to see here in chapter 25. Let's go ahead and open up this program in prayer. Father, Yehovah, in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, I thank you for this opportunity to speak your word today. We ask that you bless the hearer. We invite the Holy Spirit to come. Father God, illuminate your word. Write it on the tables of our heart. Let it renew our minds through the reading and hearing of your word. In Jesus Christ's mighty name, we pray. Amen. So welcome aboard. We're going to commence Genesis chapter 25. I'm reading from God's Word in the English language, the authorized King James Version, except no substitute. Here we go. 
Then again, Abraham took a wife, and her name was Keturah. And she bare him Zimran, and Jokshan, and Madan, Madan, and Midian, and Ishbak, and Shua. Let's count that right there. One, two, three, four, five, six. And uh, who said an old man can't be frisky? Abraham, he wasn't done. He had six more sons. Wow. And Jokshan begat Sheba and Dedan. And the sons of Dedan were Asurim and Latushim and Lumim. And the sons of Midian, Ephah, and Ephor, and Hanak, and Abidah, and Eldah. All these were the children of Keturah. Now, before I continue, I notice one of his sons was Madan, or Madan. Uh, that's actually where my wife Narita is from. Her family are from Medan in Sumatra. Isn't that interesting? I hadn't seen that until now. I wonder if that's where the name came from. Makes sense to me? Medan? Never heard that used anywhere else? But that's actually uh, a location in uh, northern Sumatra in Indonesia. Sumatra is known for its great coffee. It is pretty good. So going back to chapter 25 Genesis and Abraham gave all that he had unto Isaac Isaac after all was the children the child of promise and of course we're going to continue and see where this goes but unto the sons of the concubines which Abraham had Abraham gave gifts and sent them away from Isaac his son while he yet lived eastward unto the east country. So you have Isaac, the child of promise. You had his brother who came before him, um, half-brother, that came by way of the maidservant to Sarah. Her name was Hagar, and the son was Ishmael. He was sent off, but God said, I'll make him a mighty nation. He is of your seed. And uh, we've got these other sons of Abraham. While he yet lived, he sent them eastward unto the east country. And these are the days of the years of Abraham's life, which he lived a hundred, three score, and fifteen years. So a score is twenty years. Three times twenty is sixty. So, wow, he lived to be a hundred and seventy-five years old. Now, that's a blessed man. If a mega man gets to live to be 175, I'll be blessed too. And who knows, I might even have a few more children when I'm 100. Then Abraham gave up the ghost and died in a good old age. Yes, it was. An old man, full of years, and was gathered to his people. And his sons Isaac and Ishmael buried him in the cave of Machpelah in the field of Ephron the son of Zohar the Hittite which is before Mamre 
the field which Abraham purchased of the sons of Heth. There was Abraham buried, and Sarah his wife. And it came to pass, after the death of Abraham, that God blessed his son Isaac, and Isaac dwelt by the well Laharoi. Or, could you say Laroi? Now these are the generations of Ishmael, Abraham's son, whom Hagar, the Egyptian, Sarah's handmaid, bearing Abraham. These are the names of the sons of Ishmael by their names, according to their generations. The firstborn of Ishmael, Nebahoth, and Kedar, and Adbil, and Mibsam, and Mishma, and Duma, and Massa, Hadar, and Tima, Jitur, Naphish, and Kedima. These are the sons of Ishmael, and these are their names by their towns and by their castles, twelve princes according to their nations. And these are the years of the life of Ishmael, a hundred and thirty-seven years. And he gave up the ghost and died and was gathered unto his people. And they dwelt from Havilah to Shur, that is before Egypt, as thou goest towards Assyria. And he died in the presence of all his brethren. And these are the generations of Isaac, Abraham's son. Abraham begat Isaac. And Isaac was forty years old when he took Rebekah to wife, the daughter of Bethuel, the Syrian of Padanaram. These are some interesting names. Padanaram. I live in a place called Padang Sambion. The sister to Laban, the Syrian. This was Rebekah, the daughter of Bethuel, the Syrian of Padanaram, the sister to Laban, the Syrian. And Isaac entreated Yehovah for his wife because she was barren. And Yehovah was entreated of him, and Rebekah his wife conceived. Now, I don't know why she was barren. There may not have been rhyme or reason. Just could have been a genetic defect. Who knows? There are times where you could just have a problem. Other times where God could actually close the womb. But in both cases, God is able through prayer and many times fasting to open up that womb. And that he'll do it today. And the children struggled together within her. And she said, If it be so, why am I thus? And she went to inquire of Yahovah. Have you ever inquired of Yahovah? Inquired of the Lord? I've done it many times. And many times he has answered through a dream, through his written word, and through a prophetic word. It's always exciting to get a word from the Lord. And Yahovah said unto her, Two nations are in thy womb, and two manner of people shall be separated from thy bowels. And the one people shall be stronger than the other people, and the elder shall serve the younger. 
And when her days to be delivered were fulfilled, behold, there were twins in her womb. And the first came out red, all over like a hairy garment. And they called his name Esau. And after that came his brother out. And his hand took hold on Esau's heel. And his name was called Jacob. And Isaac was sixty years old when she bare them. Three score years. Sixty years old. I like some of these um, old terminology. Not as common today. I remember... I guess the first time I ever heard it was Abraham Lincoln used it in a in a speech four score and something years ago. But uh, a score is simply twenty years. Also, unlike uh, even more the word fortnight, it means two weeks from now. So you'll hear it a lot in England, and I I often use that word with David Measures, who mentioned it first to me, and he says you want to. I said, what do you want to do a program, Brother David? He says, how about a fortnight? Okay, I got it. Two weeks from now. That's cool. There's a, there's a game called Fortnite, but... Okay. So we got Esau, and holding on his heel was Jacob. And Isaac was 60 years old when she bare them. And the boys grew. And Esau was a cunning hunter. He loved to hunt. He didn't have a deer rifle back then or a shotgun. Some people actually hunt deer with shotgun. (laughs) Uh, But he used bow and arrow, I'm sure. I saw a movie the other day. It was an old movie with um, Martin Sheen and Sam Waterston. And uh, it was called Swift as Eagles or something. It was uh, basically an old western movie. And it, it pitted uh, this uh, American who had left the Army. I don't know if he was AWOL or what, but he'd went out to become a, a trapper and was out in Indian country. And uh, he encountered some of the tribes. And, uh, yeah, the Indians were great hunters, uh, great with the bow and arrow and riding horses. Still are today, I'm sure. With the horses, I don't know about the bow and arrow, but that's how they hunted back then. Great movie, by the way. Check it out. Um, But here we are. Esau was a cunning hunter. He lived to hunt. He enjoyed being out in the field more than he did at home. Whereas Jacob... Uh, It says, he was a cunning hunter, a man of the field. There you go. And Jacob was a plain man, dwelling in tents. I guess if he lived in modern times, you know, he was just content being at home. Maybe it was like being behind a computer. His brother liked being outside, hunting. My father kind of was like an Esau in, in terms of being a cunning hunter. I remember being raised around guns. When my when I was five years old my dad gave me my first BB rifle. A Daisy BB rifle. It was just you could cock it one time and it had this this little uh twist off at the end uh barrel 
and you pull it out and you load your BBs in it, put it back on, twist it back on, and cock it one time, and then aim and bam, hit your target. It was pretty powerful. I shot a window out, shot a girl in the neck by mistake. That's a whole other story. She she survived. <laughs> and I shot my brother in the fanny. Well, that was the last of that rifle. My grandmother grabbed my rifle, and she put it up in the bathroom, up on the light fixture above the mirror, and it melted that plastic um, stock. I think that was the last of it. or I don't know if I retrieved I think I did retrieve it, actually. Maybe it did live a little bit longer, but yeah. Five years old. I, I wouldn't trust my kids giving, a, giving them a BB today. I, I think I was just more mature. Maybe not. But at any rate, my dad trusted me. And uh, I remember getting a Tupperware bowl for my grandmother, and I put my BBs in there. And I would go out there and look for birds and whatever I could shoot. I don't think I ever hit a bird, though. But like I said, I did uh, shoot a window out. Um, but that was just, you know, what was instilled in us. There was always guns around. And uh, two things I really learned from my dad before my mom and dad divorced. And, and then growing up, I would see my dad over holidays and so forth, summer vacation. But um, guns and movies. Dad was a cunning hunter. Loved to hunt. Every chance he could, he would get out and hunt. Deer, wild boar, squirrels. In fact, I've got an old picture. I'll put it up sometime. Um, My dad and my uncle Mike, I think they were about in their teens, and it was called Search and Destroy. And they were down to South Georgia. They came back with all their kill and laid it out on a you know, just like a white sheet on the lawn, and they they got shot all kinds of things, squirrels, snakes, <laughs> whatever they could find out there, they shot them. One time my dad shot my rat. I had a pet rat. It wasn't my pet for long, but we had a, like a science fair in uh, sixth grade, and I was going to make like a maze and uh, let this rat find the cheese. So I had this rat and uh, had him in a box and he was sitting on top of the TV and I went to bed that night supposed to take him to school the next day and went looking for my rat the next morning. Hey, Dad, my rat's gone. He must have escaped. My dad confided with me what he did later. He said, uh, I went to bed and he was looking at that box and that rat and the hunter instinct came out of him and he let that rat go and then he shot it between the eyes, killed it and then buried it. <laughs> so we grew up around guns, and I guess that's why I became a gun dealer at age 21. And, uh, yeah, it just was in the blood. We love guns. That's what southern boys do. They go out in the woods and shoot things. Crossbow, if that be your game. Uh, Dad did a little bit of that, but mainly it was deer rifles and I like black guns myself, and uh, we had probably the greatest black gun, meaning military firearms, um, store in North Georgia, Mega Man Weaponry, true story. Okay, how to get off on that story, but Cunning Hunter, I know what it's saying here. Esau just loved to be in the field, just like my dad, He he, he loved to be out in the field. 
sure there's more. Oh, there was a story I need to tell you. I don't know if I've ever told you all this story before. My dad told it to me one time. It was hunting season. And dad thought he was going to get the jump on everybody else. So he got up at the crack of dawn. And he walked way out in the woods, he told me. Way out there. Where he didn't think anybody else would be. And he was going to get out there and get early and just wait. Get himself a deer. So it was still dark. He finds this tree, sits down, and he's going to you know, play the waiting game. And he said he no longer <laughs> found that tree and sat down and got himself positioned that he heard somebody say, Moaning! Moaning! He said he freaked out. Where's that voice coming from? He realized it was coming up above him in the tree itself. And there was a black lady sitting up there in a tree stand with a 12-gauge shotgun. And she got to jump on him. <laughs> she was she was greeting him, moaning. That's funny. Well, let me get back on track here. I do admire that about Esau. He was a hunter. Jacob was more of a nerd. And he was a plain man, it says, dwelling in tents. And Isaac loved Esau because he did eat of his venison. He would get out there and he would bring back game. And you had to cook too. I guess he loved that venison, you know, deer meat or elk or probably elk, you know, deer. Maybe gazelle, I don't know, but it says venison, so. But Rebecca, the wife, loved Jacob. And Jacob sawed pottage. And Esau came in from the field, and he was faint. He was hungry, tired, probably feeling a little bit weak. And Esau said to Jacob, his brother, feed me, I pray thee, with that same red pottage, for I am faint. Therefore was his name called Edom. And Jacob said, Sell me this day thy birthright. God have mercy. He went right for it. That's what he wanted. The eldest brother had the birthright. The, to the eldest you know, would go the largest inheritance. Jacob wanted it. He was envious, wasn't he? And Esau said, Behold, I'm at the point to die. And what profit shall this birthright do to me? And Jacob said, Swear to me this day. And he swore to him. And he sold his birthright unto Jacob. Both those boys sinned that day. What's Jacob doing trying to take his brother's birthright? He was a conniver, schemer, immature. He's going to learn his lesson before it's over with and repent one day, but not yet. And Esau, he would sell his birthright 
for a bowl of lentils? Come on. I've had lentils. They're not that good. And sell his birthright? What's he, what's he doing? And Jacob gave Esau bread and pottage of lentils. And he did eat and drink and rose up and went his way. Thus Esau despised his birthright. Now, I don't know if Esau really uh, planned on giving up his birthright, but he was very foolish. He agreed. He made a vow. God's going to hold him to it. Esau despised his birthright. Chapter 26, And there was a famine in the land, beside the first famine that was in the days of Abraham. And Isaac went unto Abimelech, king of the Philistines, unto Gerar. And the Lord appeared unto him and said, Go not down into Egypt. Dwell in the land which I shall tell thee of. Sojourn in this land, and I will be with thee, and will bless thee. For unto thee and unto thy seed I will give all these countries, and I will perform the oath which I swear unto Abraham thy father. And I will make thy seed to multiply as the stars of heaven, and will give unto thy seed all these countries. And in thy seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed. Because that Abraham obeyed my voice, and kept my charge, my commandments, my statutes, and my laws. Again, what did, what did Abraham do? He obeyed God's voice. He kept my charge, he said my commandments, my statutes, and my laws. Those are three different categories, aren't they? Commandments, statutes, and laws. And Isaac dwelt in Gerar. And the men of the place asked him of his wife. And he said, She's my sister. For he feared to say, She's my wife, unless, said he, the men of this place should kill me for Rebekah, because she was fair to look upon. And it came to pass, when he had been there a long time, that Abimelech, king of the Philistines, looked out a window and saw, and behold, Isaac was sporting with Rebekah, his wife. And Abimelech called Isaac and said, Behold, of a surety, she is thy wife. And how saidest thou, she is my sister? And Isaac said unto him, Because I said, Lest I die for her. And Abimelech said, What is this that thou hast done unto us? One of the people might lightly have lied with your lying, lain with your wife, had relations, and thou shouldest have brought guiltiness upon us. And Abimelech charged all his people, saying, He that toucheth this man or his wife shall surely be put to death. Then Isaac sowed in that land, and received in the same year a hundredfold. Now that's a good harvest right there. And the and Yahovah blessed him. The man waxed great and went forward and grew until he became very great. For he had possession of flocks and possession of herds 
and great store of servants? And the Philistines envied him. For all the wells which his father's servants had digged in the days of Abraham his father, the Philistines had stopped them and filled them with earth. And Abimelech said unto Isaac, Go from us, for thou art much mightier than we. And Isaac departed thence, and pitched his tent in the valley of Gerar, and dwelt there. And Isaac digged again the wells of water which had, which they had digged in the days of Abraham his father. For the Philistines had stopped them after the death of Abraham. And he called their names after the names by which his father had called them. And Isaac's servants digged in the valley and found there a well of springing water. And the herdsmen of Gerard did strive with Isaac's herdsmen, saying, The water is ours. And he called the name of the well Isaac, because they strove with him. And they digged another well and strove for that also, and he called the name of it Sitna. And he removed from there and digged another well, and for that they strove not. And he called the name of it Rehoboth. And he said, For now Yehovah hath made room for us, and we shall be fruitful in the land. And he went up from there to Beersheba. And Yehovah appeared unto him the same night, and said, I am the God of Abraham thy father. Fear not, for I am with thee, and will bless thee, and multiply thy seed for my servant Abraham's sake. And he built an altar there, and called upon the name of Yehovah, and pitched his tent there. And there Isaac's servants digged a well. Now, in the King James English, it says capital L-O-R-D. That's just a placeholder for the name of God the Father. They didn't call and say, Lord, they called God by his name. God has a name, the Father. Just as the Son, Jesus Christ, is his name. And and then you have the Holy Spirit, or Holy Ghost. In Hebrew, Ruach HaKodesh. The Ruach HaKodesh, rather. But um, they knew God's name, the Father. Uh, I didn't know it for most of my life. And when I found out, I'm not going backwards. I'm so excited. I asked God in 2005, God, there's a great controversy on your name. No one can seem to uh, agree we got people that won't even pronounce it. Jewish people say Hashem, the name. They believe it's uh, not to be spoken. Of course, the Bible doesn't say say that. In fact, the Bible asks you, do you know his name and his son's name, if you can tell. But there were people that, contri- uh, that conspired to blot out his name. And then you got people that were doing guesswork, came up with Yahweh, which there's no support for that. There's not any Hebrew Torah scrolls with the name Yahweh. And then there's people out there 
saying G underscore D. They they don't even believe you can you should spell the name, uh, you know the title God. God is a title. Uh, really for the for the three. Then you have three individuals: the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. They all are God. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. But there are three individuals, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. But the Father has a name. And I was like, what is it? And I heard a song one day on the radio in the early 90s going to work, and it was a some lo- some local DJ had put it up there, and it was a, it was like, uh, you almost say like a hip hop song, rap. And there was a Muslim, and the Muslim was mocking Christianity and saying, Christians don't even know the name of their God. And I was like, what does that mean? And then there's groups that will tell you it's Allah, but hmm, don't be tricked. That's a Muslim God who has no son. It's not the God of the Bible, whose son is Jesus Christ. It's like, God, what is your name? Too much to ask what your name is? Am I to die not knowing your name? And then some years later, God revealed it through the work of Nehemiah Gordon, Michael Root, and others. And God, the name of God never been lost, but there were those that tried to hide it. God preserved his name. Rabbis do it. But they weren't going to let other people know. And all not all rabbis do it, but there were those that preserved the name and they would only keep it alive by whispering in the ear of another rabbi on a special occasion every seven years through a ritual. And uh, the scribes were ordered Many of them, when they're copying the scrolls, the Torah scrolls, the Old Testament Hebrew, when they would come to the name of God, they would substitute. You got Hashem, the name, and Adonai. You got Elohim in there. But what is his name? Not all the scribes followed orders and Nehemiah Gordon finds two scrolls and he said what's this the scribes haven't hidden the name is this just an anomaly and he began a quest which has went on for over a dozen years and they found several thousand Hebrew scrolls there's so much evidence now to support it that now we know definitively what the name is and it's not Yahweh, it's Jehovah. Now the King James had it right. They just spelled with a J instead of a Y but Jehovah how you pronounce it in English with a J but the Hebrew is Yehovah spelled with a Y, Y-E-H-O-V-A-H We know how to spell it we know how to pronounce it because of the Masoretic Hebrew and the reason the Masoretic Hebrew has the pointers there is so those that are not native Hebrew speakers will know how to pronounce it and know how to spell it. But if you were a native Hebrew speaker, you wouldn't need the accent. 
you know how to pronounce it because that's been taught to you. And you know how to spell it. But a Gentile wouldn't. And thank God for the Masoretic Hebrew because we know definitively how to spell it and how to pronounce it. Yehovah. So it says here, they called on the Lord. They called on the name of the Lord. Who was it? They called upon the name of Yehovah. They knew his name. And now you know his name if you were not aware of it prior to this broadcast. Thousands of Hebrew Torah scrolls prove this. There's not any Yahweh. We don't know what Yahweh is. Some believe that's a storm god. I don't know. But I know it's not his name. His name is Yehovah. And it's not spelled Y-E-H. That's how you might spell it if you're an English speaker. Let the Hebrews be the authority on how to spell Hebrew. Letters. It's Y-E-H. O-V-A-H. And if you do the shortened version name, well then that's a Y-A-H. But just because a shortened version is Y-H doesn't mean the full name is spelled with the A. No, it's Y-E-H-O-V-A-H. According to Dr. Nehemiah Gordon and other Hebrew scholars. The evidence is there. Accept it or not. But I'm so excited. I call the name of the Lord, Yehovah, myself, when I pray. I say, Father Yehovah, in the name of Jesus Christ. Because no man can come unto the Father except through the Son. You don't go direct to the Father and pray. Not in these times. We get to the Father through the Son, through Jesus Christ. For now, Yahovah, excuse me, uh, where, I lost my place there. Okay. Yep. Called upon the name of Yahovah and pitched his tent there, and there Isaac's servants digged a well. A well was necessary. That's where you got your water. If you're born and raised in the city, well, most people don't have wells. I had an uncle who lived out of the city and had kind of a semi-farm, and he had a well, but he used municipality water. And I remember that well sitting out in his yard. I thought, that's kind of unique. Because I didn't grow up with a well. We lived in apartments and houses. We didn't have wells. But coming over to Indonesia, that's all we use. I have no municipal water works. And just recently, maybe the last year, uh, here in Bali, they began to offer water. And um, <clears throat> I remember a day, some months ago, this uh, truck and crew pulled up in t- to the air, and they began to break up our sidewalk right in front of the, the house. And I was like, what the heck's going on in here? And what I didn't know at, at first was that they were coming in to run a, a PVC pipe. It's kind of um, a little bit different over here than they would do in America. I think we use copper back in America, don't we? But not over here. They use a PVC pipe. And they had to break up everybody's yard. And I was pissed off, to be honest with you. But they, they did pretty quick work. And they came and ran the, the pipe. And somebody had 
decided to sign up for this new service available now in our community. And they wanted uh, to get their water from a pipe. Of course, you know, I don't know what the quality of the water is. I'm sure it's purified, but it does have fluoride in it. I wouldn't want it if it had fluoride. Of course, that's most of America's water supply. We don't really have a choice, do we? In most states, fluoride, I think it uh, calcifies your body. I don't think it's good for you at all. I don't use fluoride toothpaste. I believe it's a um, it's a byproduct of the aluminum manufacturing process. It's so toxic that those guys that have to pour this stuff into the the water supply have to wear masks and use gloves. It's toxic. And yet it's supposed to be good for you drinking it. So they ran the pipe, they patched up, and it wasn't it was a less than perfect job when they patched up, mind you, but I was just thankful they were done. We could actually drive out of the driveway again. And uh, I said, well, more power to those people that want it, but I'm sticking with my water from the well. That's all we have here. And it's right on the front yard. It's got a pump on it. As I mentioned, it pumps water up to the roof. goes to this big stainless steel tank that heats up from the sunlight. And then that water is channeled back in the house for you know whatever you want to use water for. Flushing toilets, sink, dishes, shower, brushing your teeth. And it's heated by the sun. It's kind of cool. And then it's, it gets cold in the morning and late in the evening take a cold shower um, now you can of course use up that hot water it's not a very big tank that we have and then it's going to pump water right out of the ground I often wonder, I wonder how long that water is going to hold up but it's held up for 7 years coming right out of the ground if we didn't have that we'd have no water except to hook up to the, you know, the city now now only recently that's available but Go without water. You realize you're going to be hurting. And in my time overseas, I've lived here seven years now, in Bali, Indonesia, on the island. The island of the gods, they call it. 35,000, that's an old number. Temples, altars, and shrines, literally, they're everywhere. It's shocking when you first get here. And I'm right in the middle of it, smack dab. Um, But... Lived three years in Costa Rica and lived two years in Panama and four months in Cartagena, Colombia, and one year in Tijuana, Mexico. That's my travels thus far as an adult. Lived in Okinawa as a baby for about a year. Talked to my mom about that the other day, actually, and I said, Mom, if you get over here to visit me, maybe we take a trip on Air Asia, because once you get over here, you can travel anywhere pretty cheap, like $150, sometimes 100 bucks, one way. To any places Air Asia goes, which includes Okinawa. I said, I'd like to go over there and see where I lived as a baby. When Dad was drafted during Nam and went to Okinawa. And Mom told me about water shortages over there. They said, we had a water shortage on the island. And I had to fill up the bathtub and any container I could get. And that's all the water we had. I had to boil it. And in the time I've lived overseas, we've had... Um, times where they would turn off the water early in the morning it would be off till like evening in Ciudad Colón, Costa Rica it was horrible I remember doing the same thing I remember what mom told me I would get every container I could get a bucket so I could at least pour some water into the toilet flush it 
wash my hands, light sanitation, if you will, and you drink bottled water, and uh, you couldn't wash clothes, do anything. It was just spigot, you know, just blowing out air. Because they were turning off the water because there was a water shortage in uh, Costa Rica at the time I lived up there in that part of town. And if you lived in the nicer area, Escazú, which I did at one time, they would have power outages and they would turn off the electricity in the evening until the morning, which is not a good thing because you're in the pitch black and it's bad enough. When you got power on, they got bandits over there in Costa Rica. So believe me, I had my um, my Glock 19 and my 12-gauge shotgun on hand. Just in case somebody decided they were going to jump the fence. Um, in the evening. We went through periods with no water or no electric. According to Hindu Columbia, we had a massive tank. That was really the first time I've ever seen these things. They use them in Costa Rica also, Colombia, just as they use them here. Don't know why we don't use them in America. You know, we're so dependent on the city, but what happens if the, the city supply gets contaminated, you know? Well, again, most people don't own any land, and that's the problem. You live in subdivisions and HOAs, and they probably would find you if you tried to dig a well all the code. It's just crazy. If you live in an apartment, you're screwed. But they had this massive tank um, in this house I rented in Cartagena, another beach island. And uh, I remember just a couple times um, power went out and uh, I remember I was told by the landlord, if that ever happens, you can still get water. Just go turn on the valve to get the um, the tank supply versus the city. Uh, was it the city? What was the deal there? I forget now. Anyway, it doesn't matter. But uh, anyway, we that was the only way I could get the water. And I turned the valve and then water came through and you could take a shower and wash your hands and you had plenty of water until the tank ran out. And uh, that's happened over here a couple times. Actually, when our, when our um, water pump for the well... Uh, broke and it was like uh oh tank's not working we still got water though praise God so we took a shower and trying to wash some dishes and then realized that tank didn't last very long and then it was bone dry and we're using our 5 gallon like you could say a sparklets bottle of water to do everything boy that doesn't last long try to take a shower and pour one of those things over your head um you go through a lot of water taking a shower and then you pour some of that in the toilet to flush the toilet we went through a lot of thank God we had backup water and you know drinking water and stuff because that's where we get our drinking water it's all bottled we don't drink it from the well although we could I don't drink I don't trust it although I've had it tested they said it had organic matter in there but not fecal matter thank God so no cross contamination with the uh, septic system but we drink bottled water, and then I ultra-purify it. I put it through a Dalton filter, gravity-fed filter, and, and then we drink it. So, yeah, we've, we've lived without water here and uh, power outages, uh, water outages, 
got to be prepared or you'll sit in the dark and you'll be with no water and that sucks and people say for survival purposes you need at least four gallons a day one for drinking um, one for cooking one for light sanitation and what was the other one for I forget <laughs> but that's a, that's a rule four gallons a day per person well uh, that's plenty to drink of course and cooking I don't know maybe that's okay too one gallon but light sanitation with one gallon of water that's about all you're going to get because um, I think you need at least five gallons to take a decent shower and that's just an emer- emergency shower when I went down to Cordoba Veracruz Mexico stayed at this particular house I was in down there uh, I went to take a shower and there was no water coming out I said what's up they said oh uh, we have water shortages down here. Well, how do you get your water? And I looked in the kitchen. They had these two big 55-gallon blue barrel drums with the lid off of them, and they were filled. And what I found out is uh, the water trickled into that house, and it would take them all day, all night, you know, fill those gallons up. And they were, you know, replenishing, but, it, you know, it took many hours, and so... Basically, they had a 55-gallon barrel that they grabbed water out of to cook, and the other one was for taking a shower, and so they told me to take a 5-gallon bucket, dump it in there, which I did, and then I hauled it off to the bathroom, and it was ice cold, and you got to dump it over your head. So you're standing in a dry stall, and you soap down, and then you pour this thing over your head, and it's ice cold, and you scream, but it's the most refreshing thing you've ever had. You will scream, though. At least I scream with uh, ice-cold water dumped over my head. I took the bucket challenge every day for a few weeks, and I was there, and I said, man, oh, man, we got it good in America. Um, but water is very important. It was important to Isaac. They had to dig a well. They got their drinking water there. They fed their animals from it. They took their baths, I'm sure, from it. Water was life. It was like gold. And many say water is going to be the next gold. It already is. We're seeing massive heat waves and water shortages in different parts of the world. Arizona. You can buy land for $100 an acre out there. I thought, I'm on that. And then I researched it and found out there's no water. You have 100 acres. Uh, you can have 100 acres. $10,000 or you can get the water probably aren't going to hit the hit a, hit a well out there in the desert unless God's with you and God was with them and so they actually named their wells these things were so precious to them that's kind of I've heard of people naming guitars like Steve Vai but they named their wells I guess I would name them too because that was a life right there and uh, they they called it Rehoboth. I think there's a Baptist church named after that. Rehoboth Baptist Church. It's like living. I, 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 there was another church my grandfather pastor called Living Waters. Jesus Christ is the Living Waters. It says, And he went up from thence to Beersheba. And Yahovah appeared unto him the same night and said, I am the God of Abraham, thy father. 
Yahovah is God. Jesus Christ is God. He's the son of Yahovah. And the Ruach HaKodesh, the Holy Ghost, is God. The Comforter. Three individuals, they all are God. God is a title. Yahovah said, I am the God of Abraham thy father. Fear not, for I am with thee, and will bless thee, and multiply thy seed for my servant Abraham's sake. I'll never forget the time I had to go before a federal judge. And I was on my knees praying. I said, God, are you going to go with me? And I opened the Bible, and it fell open to Job twenty-two twenty-five. I will go before thee and be thy defense, and ye shall have plenty of silver. It came to pass. I'm praying, God, uh, renew that vow. That was 20 years ago, 2003. It's an exciting thing to hear from the Lord. Yahovah. And he spoke to Isaac, I am with thee and will bless thee. That's exciting. Because God's not a man that he shouldn't lie. He watches over his word to perform it. And will multiply thy seed for my servant Abraham's sake. Why? Because God, the Father, Yehovah, made a vow with Abraham, his servant. And God keeps his vows. And so he built an altar there and called upon the name of Yehovah. Once again, called upon the name of the Lord, Yehovah. When you, when you pray, call on the name of Yehovah in the name of Jesus Christ. That's how we get to the Father. No man cometh unto the Father except through me, Jesus said. Talking about himself. So when you pray, call the name of Yehovah, Father Yehovah, in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. And now you've got a direct communication line established. The connection is established. You can pray. You can boldly enter into that. I uh, said, come, uh, come boldly. Excuse me. Um, I just had a brain fart. It says, uh, Come boldly into the throne room of grace and ever-present help in time of need. It means it's open 24-7. I like things open 24-7. Not making light of it, but in Georgia, there was a Waffle House open 24-7. It, it was there to meet my needs. I need to eat. Over here in Bali, I come to find out that Burger King is open 24-7. So is KFC and McDonald's. <laughs> uh, it's nice to know something's open 24-7, but there's nothing greater than the throne room of grace and ever-present help in time of need. God doesn't sleep. He's open 24-7 to hear our prayers. And we can come boldly into that throne room of grace and ever-present help in time of need once again through the name that is above every name, the Lord Jesus Christ. Night or day, God is there. That's good. Banks aren't there for you night or day. They're open 9 to 5 and only Monday through Friday. 
and not open on major holidays. What else can you count on 24-7? That can help you. Thank God that we can get through to Him, through Jesus, His Son. Okay. And he built an altar there and called upon the name of Yahovah and pitched his tent there. And there Isaac's servants digged a well. They're digging a lot of wells over there. But they needed water. We need water. They say you can go 30 days without food. Well, you could really go 40 if God's with you and you're doing a fast. But how many days can you go without water? Not too many. They say three days. I think um, we take water for granted. Bad mistake. When it's not available. Never forget, I'm going down the road. When I was making the trip from Gainesville, Georgia, to make my move to Las Vegas, to room with my brother Cameron. 2013. Put one ahead in storage. Um... I carried a few things with me in my truck, namely my books, like Wynn Worley's books, (laughs) a few other things, my computer. And I headed off for Vegas, and I'm going down the road, and all of a sudden, on the interstate, it came to a stop. I said, what's this? came to a dead stop. And it, it hardly moved. And finally, as they're moving, inching along, hours are passing. I realize there's been a catastrophic accident. Like a fuel tanker had flipped over. It's a wonder they didn't shut the everything down longer than they did. And I'm thinking, looking at my fuel gauge, I said, this is not good. I got my air conditioner on so I don't fry. But I turned that off and I realize and I'm realizing what happened if I run out of gas out here? It's a real possibility. So I decided to, while we weren't moving, turn the engine off, roll my windows down, and I realized I'm thirsty. And I realized all I had was about a quarter of a, of a bottle left of water. And it was warm by that point. Just a 16-ounce bottle. And I'm just sipping on it. I'm saying, if what happens if I drank all this? I've been without water before. Never forget I was in Panama and went over to um, this little island that sits off of Panama. Uh, El Trini, I think it was what it's called. Don't quote me on that. i got to look it up. It's been a while. And um, on this island, you can climb this mountain and get to the highest point, and there's a bunker up there that was built during World War II. So I was with my brother Cameron, and we... I brought him over from Georgia. He worked for me at the time, and uh, we went up this hill and got up there, saw the bunker, and there was a report of a, a downed aircraft. Somebody crashed up there years ago and died, and we went looking for the wreckage. And then I was also told there's a cave here full of tarantulas. I wasn't going in there. A lot of iguanas running around, so I steered clear that it tarantula cave, but. Um, coming back down it was a journey to get up there and the people I was with everybody had two bottles of water 
And this one uh, party drank their bottles of water, and then they were thirsty, and I gave mine. That was a mistake. They drank it all. Now, they got no water. My water's gone because I gave them mine, and uh, there was no water to be found. I'm thinking, I better get something to drink in soon. I'm thirsty. And coming down, we had these two local boys. Uh, they were kind of our guides that helped us find the bunker. And uh, they said, uh, uh, you want to go a shortcut? And I was saying, well, hey, that, okay, that's cool. Let's do a shortcut. What I didn't know is the shortcut was right down the side of the mountain. And they were running. And we're trying to keep up with them. And uh, my legs about gave out. I was, I was exhausted, dehydrated. And nobody told me we were going to go like straight down in that incline. It was crazy. <laughs> I had about wore, wore out. I was holding on to my brother's back. I said, Cameron, you got to hold me up. I'm about to fall out here. And um, finally, we made it back down there. And uh, there was a restaurant, or actually a little uh, store. And I went in and immediately got, got something to drink and then found a restaurant. Just sat there and hydrated like an hour. I was thirsty, just like I was thirsty in my truck. When the interstate traffic came to a, a an abrupt halt, and it was like two hours out there, maybe more. I'm trying to conserve gas, and I'm I've got my last bottle of water. It's down to like a quarter full, and it's warm, and I'm trying to sip it. And I said, I'll never do this again. Go somewhere without water. lesson learned finally traffic began to move again the wreckage was cleared and I'm about my tongue's hanging out just about I'm so thirsty and I know everybody else was running out of gas and they were thirsty too so I got I got my foot to the pedal and I went to the nearest exit and I'm looking behind me and there's a caravan of people going to do the same thing I'm doing and I went in there filled up and next thing I did is I went in there and bought a bunch of water bottles I said I'll never do that again if it happens again I'm prepared and I did that for years I would carry a 24 pack of Arrowhead water in my car and you know it would be there 24-7 so you know after a while probably not the best tasting thing in that plastic but at least I wasn't going to get out there and thirst to death and I'd rotate it every once in a while. But it was there purely as an emergency fund of water in the foreboard of my back seat of my truck. And wherever I was stranded, I was going to have a 24-pack of water. I was going to be good to go. And I still believe that way. Have water on hand. Got to have water. Um, I don't go very far here on the island, you know, that I can't find water, but still, uh, I carry a backpack, and I usually have a bottle of water in it. I don't want to take my chances. But water is very precious. Precious then, precious now. So Isaac's servants digged a well. Then Abimelech went to him from Gerar, and Ahuzath, one of his friends, and Phicol, the chief captain of his army. And Isaac said unto them, Wherefore come ye to me? Seeing ye hate me, and have sent me away from you. 
And they said, well, we saw certainly that Yahovah was with thee. And we said, let there be now an oath betwixt us, even betwixt us, between us and thee, and let us make a covenant with thee, that thou wilt do us no hurt, as we have not touched thee, and as we have done unto thee, nothing but good, and have sent thee away in peace. Thou art now the blessed of Yehovah. And he made them a feast, and they did eat and drink. And they rose up betimes in the morning, and swear one to another. And Isaac sent them away. And they departed from him in peace. And it came to pass the same day that Isaac's servants came and told him concerning the well which they had dug, and said unto him, We have found water. And he called it Sheba. Therefore the name of the city is called Beersheba unto this day. And Esau was forty years old when he took to wife Judith, the daughter of Beri the Hittite, and Bashemath, the daughter of Elon, the Hittite, which were grief of mind unto Isaac and Rebekah. So the two boys, Jacob and Esau. And Esau, he's despised his birthright and made his family unhappy. He's married outside of the tribe. And he takes these foreign wives, Judith, the daughter again, Beri, Beri, excuse me, the Hittite, and Bashemath, the daughter of Elon, the Hittite. I wonder if there's any... Uh, connection with that name in Elon Musk. I don't hear too many Elons, do you? Are they of the Hittite tribe? I don't know. I'm going to stop right there. We didn't get far today, but we did do two chapters. Let's pray. Father, Jehovah, in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, thank you for your word. It is precious. We ask that you bless everyone that came out today, live or in the archive. We ask you, Father God, to surround us with your warrior angels, put a hedge of protection, Wall fire from Zechariah 2 and 5 around each one of us and our families. And we thank you, God. Guide and direct us all. Guide our footsteps. Make our path straight. In Jesus Christ's mighty name we pray. Amen. And it's kind of a postscript, if that's the right word, to this broadcast. What a day it was here in Bali. I woke up this morning, in closing, and... Um, Jeremiah started first grade. He's in his third week now, and so family's on a whole new schedule. And so um, we get him up about 7 o'clock, and then he has to be at school at 8. So he's getting his routine down now, and mom's making breakfast for him and packing his lunch. And uh, saw them off to school, and I went and grabbed an iced coffee from the refrigerator, and I'm off to come upstairs to the office, get on the computer, check my email, and start the day. And I had no sooner started to uh, go up the steps, and my iced coffee fell out of my hand. And they make stuff with, like, cheap plastic over here, man. And it exploded like a bomb all over the ground. And it, uh, thank God we don't have carpet. 
so I mean you could mop this stuff up pretty easy but it went down and got under this um, what do you call this like a um, um, forgot my English word just this uh, foyer for the TV we got the TV that sits up on it and it got underneath this this cabinet and I thought oh my goodness I'm going to have to move all this stuff uh, if I don't the ants are coming ants man they would be swarming for too long going after that sugar I'm sure and I said oh man I, I was like I couldn't believe what I'd just done dropped like a bomb that changed the whole course of the day I said this is just great well actually I needed to do what I did I just did it a day early because we're doing a deep cleaning here in the house and um I had to dismantle the TV, I mean, undo all the cables, empty out these cabinets that it was sitting up on top of, and then flip this piece of furniture up on its side and get in there, and it hadn't been cleaned in a long time underneath because it's pretty heavy. And I said, oh, well, oh, here we go. And I, I was busy for hours. Cleaned it up. And I'm going back and forth down these little steps going to this little bathroom to get my mop. And uh, I knew to be careful because I've had this accident before where I slipped on these steps and went down and gashed my ankle one time. It was so horrible. And um, lo and behold, I did the same thing. I slipped down. It was like a nightmare. And I came down right on my elbow. It broke my fall. It could have been worse cut my foot a little bit bruised my elbow out and I'm saying and all of a sudden I just felt like a it was an attack I told Narita I said today's it's going to be a dangerous day watch out and I had to go into immediate prayer it was like devil's attacking today I mean coffee is one thing you can have a mistake but to slip down the steps I mean it was it was horrible could have been I could have really been injured my elbow is bruised but my arm a little bit sore, but thank God it wasn't like what happened last time. Last time, I slipped down these same steps because they're just stone steps, and it's like you'll go gliding on this water. It's so slippery, you got to be careful. I could have gashed my leg again or my head or anything. And uh, I just felt, oh man, I felt like a heaviness. I had to go into prayer. Later on, after I did my cleaning, I had to run an errand. And um, I kind of actually dreaded going out. I figured enemy might try to hit me next on the scooter. Scooter taxi. And lo and behold, he did. Of course, I started praying by that time. And I said, Rita, you need to be careful today. Something's going on today. I don't know what it is. I don't know what it was all about. But I began to do some spiritual warfare. Binding the demons, pleading the blood of Jesus, binding up backlash, retaliation, revenge, retribution, hindrance, or delay, spirit of accident in Jesus' name, asking God for his angels to protect us. I, was, I had to pray hard because I got on the scooter next. Now, my, I'd already had this accident that delayed me a few hours. Then I slipped on the steps and gashed my foot and banged up my elbow. 
and then I'm on the scooter and this driver I immediately notice that something's not right he's not as skilled as maybe some of these other guys are so I had to begin to pray plead the blood of Jesus and uh, all of a sudden some lady to the right of us pulls right in front of us and then slows down on a scooter and he almost runs into her and she's not even putting her blinker on and then she cuts on left again almost runs runs us you know into each other and that was like she was like a zombie driver and this guy was angry and so was I and what had just happened we almost had an accident I said here this could be the third problem today and I really went into overtime and it prayed and I didn't breathe a sigh of relief until I got to the where I was going which I had to go to the mall and um, then I remembered I remember a prophetic word I got and I had sent myself a copy of it and I read it and uh, I said it's going to be okay God's with me and of course the prayer had worked and God came through and then it was like the the burden lifted at that point as I was coming back it was no problem but there was something going on today I don't know if I was the only one being targeted or others of you out there had some problem too today but I'm here to tell you it was intense today and uh, thank God for Jesus and thank God for prayer and uh, do not uh, take anything for granted because the enemy he comes to kill steal and destroy I reminded my wife today of that I said the enemy is at work here it's what he does he kills steals and destroys so we've been warned be on guard and so there we are keep us in prayer here I want to thank all of you for tuning in we're going to be back uh, every day this week 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern we'll go later as we did today if necessary and uh, I've got four soon to be um, excuse me I've got three I'm sorry and I'm going to have a fourth program here uploaded shortly uh, to the archives three on the Reloaded channel and then on the main channel another Peter Whiffen broadcast so I hope that you enjoy these archives Uh, you'll check out my website all kinds of goodies over there omegamanradio.com that'll direct you to everything you probably need to that you're interested in finding and if you still can't find it contact me omegamanradio at protonmail.com we rely on listener support Uh, literally I pray in my daily bread at this juncture we have nothing to sell and maybe at some point in the future if God allows me to do a herbal business again I'll begin to sell some herbal products That'll help out a little bit once we do that, but right now we're not there. And uh, we rely on free will and love offerings. So if you have been blessed and you enjoy these programs, you want to help us continue, you can go to my website, omegamanradio.com. We have PayPal. We have Zelly, GoFundMe, Cash App, uh, Take Crypto. You have to email me for my uh, code. And then we also have a mailing address, so five ways you can give if you'd like to. And if you don't want to, you're still welcome. Uh, all the programs are free to listen to and free to download. 
but if you help us, I guarantee you, uh, it'll put fuel in the machine and we can continue going. So um, I want to thank all of you that do. Uh, God richly bless you for partnering with me. And uh, any every bit helps, so don't think uh, anything is too small. We've got some that send $5. I'm very thankful for that. Um, if everybody gave $5, it would be all right. Some give more. And uh, there are days where nothing comes in. Uh, we've had dry stretches last weeks. So typically that's not the case, but... Um, Donations are down, definitely, probably for everybody across the board and Omega Man included. So um, we are seriously in the red, um, and uh, we uh, are just trying to keep our head above water many days. So um, anything you can do to help, it is much appreciated, and we'll put fuel in the machine. We can keep going. If we run out of fuel, then we run out of fuel, but uh, we'll go as far as we can. So again, thank you in advance. OmegaManRadio.com is my website. Father God, in Jesus' name, bless all those that have come out today. Bless those that have given God any way they could to help us. Um, And we thank you and ask that you would bless them mightily out there. In Jesus Christ's mighty name, amen. Friends, love you all. Thank you for tuning in. We'll see you next time.